This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Welcome back to the island again. This is previously on Lost episode number 12. Number 12. I hope everybody's heart and mind are cleared because our minds are wondering what the heck did we watch? Why did we have to see such things um, that involve the closeness between brothers and sisters? But before we get into that, my name is Mike and I have with me Steven. How's it going? It's going good, going good. Ready to talk about some Lost. All right, Corey, how about you? Oh, I'm doing all right. I'm feeling a little woozy. I got a bump on the back of my head, but you know, I'm all right. <laughs> Locke's got something to help that make you feel better to avoid infections. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> oh, again, everybody, I want you to check us out on RetroZap.com for all of our uh, RetroZap needs. And before we you know, go any further... Hey, you can find me on Twitter at the DC Fanboy. That's at the DC underscore Fanboy. Uh, you can also find me uh, on DC Talk and Caped Chronicles. Corey, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at Original Mav. Sweet. And Stephen, how about you? You can find me at Lucky Thirteen Steve. And don't y'all just love all our audience that's listening right now? Don't you just love how? We have completely changed everything around, but that's okay because sometimes we have to shake it up. Much like some stuff in our in our stomachs that got shook up in this episode as well, and we'll talk about that here as we talk about hearts and minds. But previously on Lost, Charlie and Claire are abducted by Ethan Rom. Jack and Locke split up to track them, and Boone asks to go with them. Boone asks what Locke did for a living and doubts his assertion that he was an office worker at a box company. Later, he is impressed when Locke correctly predicts that it will begin raining. At the beach, Shannon remarks that Boone and Locke have been spending entire days in the jungle for the last two weeks and what they have been doing. When Locke and Boone don't return from their search efforts at night, Kate assures Shannon that her brother is safe with Locke at his side. Then we're coming to this episode. This is Season 1, Episode 13, record, uh, uh, shown on January the 12th, 2005. It was directed by Rob by Rod Holcomb and written by Carlton Cuse and Javier Grio Marco. Did I say that right? Probably. Steven is our resident uh, expert on pronunciation. I think it's Mar- Mark Swatch, I believe, but I could be wrong. There we go. We'll take his word for it. Uh, this episode, as soon as Boone becomes increased, as Boone becomes increasingly jealous of Shannon's relationship with other survivors on the island, Locke catches a plan to make him realize that he should let her go. Meanwhile, Hurley attempts to acquire food supplies for the group. Bless his heart. Flashbacks in this episode center around Boone and Shannon's time in Australia and what they were doing there. And I have some episode facts for everybody. This is the first episode to feature a writing credit for Carlton Cuse, who subsequently became one of the main show main showrunners. And uh, everybody will recognize him in the, the picture of him and Damon with the, the polar bear. It's iconic at this point. Uh, this day, day 24, is seen again in a flashback in an episode called Exposé. What happens in that, in that episode? We're not going to talk about that, but uh, just make a note of that. Uh, also, when Boone is reporting Shannon uh, being abused by her boyfriend, Sawyer is seen being led away by police officers, shouting and screaming. These events are revisited in Exodus Part 1 from Sawyer's perspective. And the interesting part here is this is the first explicit character connection revealed in a flashback. Um, additionally, Hurley's bird can be heard before the monster attacks Boone and Shannon in this episode. The Hurley bird, as many call it. Uh, this is the only 
Boone-centric episode in the entire series. Uh, And in the audio commentary, it is stated that the two uh, compass scenes weren't in the original script for this episode. They were added because the episode's length was too short. That's pretty interesting. And I gotta say, those were two of the most interesting scenes in the show, so I'm glad they were a little short. And I learned how to make a magnet that, or or not a (laughs) magnet, but I learned how to make a compass that floats on water. Were you not a weebelo? Did you not know that? (laughs) (laughs) I love, I I love, I love how Saeed says that though too. Instead of calling it weeblos, he says, "What is a (laughs) weebelo?" He just, oh, that was good. Good. So speaking of this episode, let's look at some episode moments. So uh, four to eight episode moments or so that uh, that we kind of saw um, in this one. And I'll just start it off with an easy one. Um, we find out that Sun is planting a garden. I think this is pretty cool. About time somebody has some sense to realize we're probably not getting rescued. It's been like 21 days. Let's start planting a garden because we don't know. Eventually... Because the whole, it's amazing that the underthought in this whole episode was food. So that's kind of where we go off of this. So we have the issue of Locke and uh, uh, Boone aren't coming back with any more boar. I still think Locke was lying to Jack when the boar were migrating. Um, they're not coming back with boar because they're too busy just you know trying to figure out what to do with this hatch. Um, and then you have. Hurley, who's tired of eating fruits because he's having some bowel issues, bless his heart. <laughs> you know, dude, these aren't for eating. Though, <laughs> <laughs> the, the guy might need some fiber, really. He really does. So he's got to go to Jen, and we'll talk about that, that, that Hurley and Jen relationship here in a second, too. And then Sun's planting a garden, so they're actually trying to make this a home now because they realize they may not get off this island, and they need more than just that because I think Kate was picking fruit at the beginning of this episode too. No, that was the last episode because everybody had apparently picked the trees clean near the beach. So now she's having to go farther inland. So it makes sense to plant a garden. It makes sense to, to go out hunting and try to go fishing as well. I, I really feel like Sun is a little underrated in this series. I mean, she she's just constantly coming up with solutions. You know, she, she hears Shannon's asthma. She comes up with the eucalyptus for the headaches she's planting gardens she's just uh she's just a problem solver here while other people are talking about stuff she's just she's out doing i love that face she makes when jack asks her what's that plant she kind of points her family (laughs) (laughs) that face she makes oh but yeah, um, so I think food, um, we're starting to see it now that they've already ran out of food from the fuselage, that the boar meat's not there, so now we're running into people are getting hungry, and when people are hungry and there's guns out there, people are irritated with each other, they're out in the sun all day, um, you have a, 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 a pregnant girl who's been taken you're having a pretty bad chemical reaction going on and i think food is 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 a big thing in this episode even though it's not really noticeable it's just it's it's there anybody else yeah i I do like that we've now introduced the the garden you know because that that's a cool little location and you can see the survivors are starting to settle into the new uh, new beach camp that they've they've, they've established and this uh, you know essentially is going to be uh, a major location for for a lot of the series um, and just while we're talking about it, I, I think the story between uh, Kate and Sun here is an interesting story and it we finally get a little more progression in Sun's storyline because you know for the last few episodes she really hasn't been able to do much and frankly when you are a character that can only communicate with really one other character, you know, her husband, and then also occasionally with Michael, there's not a lot, you know, for her to do. So this was great. They needed to have a moment. And it's, it's actually a really interesting moment when, when uh, she slips up and is smiling at Kate's story and you know, Kate is just talking to her, you know, t- you know, just wants to say some stuff out loud. And, uh, um, <laughs> 
it's uh, pretty evident what happens. Yeah, and she learns that son speaks English. <laughs> Sorry, you know, son, Kate, you can't keep it in very, very long. You know, Kate actually gets a little judgmental, or pretty judgmental of it uh, for a while, and it's interesting to see Kate, you know, get a little upset with son, and then, of course, Kate really doesn't have much space to talk because <laughs> son actually overheard her in the previous episode talk about being a, you know, uh, um you know criminal and and uh the stuff about the marshal so it's it's kind of funny you know I, I don't know what son says but she's like have you never lied to a man before that you were with or something like that and kate's like oh yeah i guess uh, quite a few yeah, got, I got I should, me there i should it's amazing how she yelled that in the cave too by the way in the last episode we we didn't mention that but she yelled because i'm it belonged to man i love you know, they belonged to the man I murdered. And she yelled that in the cave, so everybody in that cave would have heard that. Yeah, I, I actually thought about that. I, I wonder, you know, was there anybody else around? <laughs> I, <laughs> well, actually, oh, this yeah. is just a good good moment here. You know, this is why Kate is a great character when she's bouncing off someone else. When she's, like, you know, holding it all in internally, she's not as interesting. But, like, with Sun, like, this is th- – that was a great little – um, you know, side storyline they had in this episode that I, I really liked. Well, I, I believe you were just uh, saying last episode we talked about Corey just how often that you know Kate Kate needed someone to talk to after you know all of her interactions with with Sawyer and Jack and you know the next episode she she got herself a new a new friend a new person to uh, talk to. Yeah, I think that, that was very fitting and it was a. Uh... A good good timing for her and, and then speaking of you know we have a lot of partner you know pairs in this episode you, it it's not featured too much but you have the, the pairing of of shannon and uh, saeed that we we start off the beginning of the episode is saeed giving her i think a pair of shoes and she's oh yes my size or close to my size and you've got just boone giving them the death glare and oh, i love terrible <laughs> I love that Boone goes over and he tries to intimidate the <laughs> Iraqi torturer. Stay away from my sister. And Saeed like, actually smiles. Yeah. What if I? What if I don't? He's like, and, "Oh, you're a cute, cute, cute little boy. Good try." And you know, and Saeed doesn't even need to threaten him back. He doesn't need to be aggressive. He just basically, you know, doesn't respond to the threat because he says, "You, you know where to find me." Exactly. Yeah, you know where to find me. There's, there's no way Boone wants to pick a fight with Saeed. No. You have the interesting one. Uh, you see almost a difference in bonding between Jen and Son in this episode, too. Like, Jen seems more... more. Uh, he just seems different uh, toward her in the moment, a couple moments he was there. You see Charlie sticking up for Locke. When, when Jack comes and asks Charlie, what do you think about Locke? And Charlie says, "Look, if 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 I'm ever stuck or somewhere by myself and there's no hope, then he's the one I'd I'd, I'd want to be with." Um. So you see that formation, and then we see the. Uh, I'm trying to do some smaller ones before we get to the big point. Up, uh, we see Hurley and Jen. So could I just say the Hurley and Jen scenes? Perfect. I mean. He's he's trying to tell Jen, Jen, you need you need to pee on it, you need to pee on it, and Jen's like, no 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 no, <laughs> you need to pee on it, and just <laughs> and then when he hands him the 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 sea the sea urchin with the stuff in there, and he goes in and he just he's looking at Jen real quick, and then he just goes and just spews up all over the place. Jen just kind of smiles and puts his hand on his back and just starts tapping his back like it's okay, buddy. I was getting the poison out. <laughs> and I, I thought that was so funny because. I don't really get what Jin's idea was, but it totally to me it related. It was like, oh, this this animal or this thing hurt you, so now you have to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it was just funny, man. And uh, I mean, their, their their interactions. This one was funny. Uh, I, I kind of wish they would. I kind of wish they would have given us uh, translations of what Jin was saying on the bottom. Just yeah. I, I bet there was some some good lines there that we didn't know 
And then he brought him the fish at the end in the cave, already clean, gutted, and everything. He brought him just this dead fish and hands it to her. Like, Here you go, buddy. You try yeah, hard. Yeah. So, uh, Jen is such a hard character here at the beginning of the show. Just to, to, hard to figure out, you know. He, you, we see him be so harsh with his wife, and you know he's kind of he's kind of introduced as a character. It's really hard to like, but then, you know, then there's episodes like this where, I mean, he's just he's downright lovable. So, you know, he's he's definitely a, a kind of polarizing character at the beginning. And I think also with with Hurley, he he's such a funny character, and then early on in the show, they don't give him you know that substantial of stories but and this is just a really a small one but it's it's great and it's executed so well that i think the writers saw this as a success and then they go like hey let's get more gin and hurley moments let's give hurley more to do because it, this was just a simple story of of trying to find some protein and and to make amends with with gin and it turned out to be a really good you know minor minor story and uh, it paves the path for, for bigger stuff for Hurley later on. Yeah. So let's go ahead and deal with the elephant in the room then. So let's talk about uh, Boone and Shannon. So we get the backstory and the flashbacks of Boone and Shannon. Uh, Shannon calls Boone. He's somewhere. He's playing tennis. Obviously, we know he's got some money. Come to find out, Shannon needs help. She's got to get out of there. She, she, she's in an abusive relationship. Just, just to be honest, um, she's in an abusive relationship. So he flies to Australia, and um, he goes in there to get her. She says everything's fine. He goes and leaves. Um, well, then he goes and tries to pay off the guy, and he says, "He says, how much is it gonna take? You know, twenty five thousand to leave her alone." He said, "Are you trying to buy my relationship with you know with your sister?" And he says. It's closer to fifty thousand. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa!" Because I love her. It's fifty thousand. Right, right. So he pays him the money for fifty thousand. So we know Boone has got some money. Um, because apparently that's the third guy he has paid off to leave Shannon alone. Well, then they go to find out when he goes and picks up Shannon that it was all a con to get the money, and then big surprise. The guy ends up leaving Shannon. Yeah, took like, the money like, and ran. I, I did right. have one thought here, though. Do, do you guys think that when she came to the hotel to 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 Boone and she said that he took the money and left, do do you think she was telling the truth there? Because I mean, I got some impression. You know, he was kind of sticking up to for Shannon to Boone. You know, saying, "Oh, you know, your family." Uh, you know, your family owes her this money. You know, kind of, kind of felt like the guy was at least a little bit genuine there. And then I just wonder if he actually did take the money, or if that was part of Shannon's. Uh, yeah, the the hotel room scene was. There's a lot going on there, but I don't. I don't know if I totally believe everything she said. I think he actually took the money. I think he took the money and left because. Um, I don't know. I think I think once he saw how much he was getting, he's like, mm, it's not it's not worth it to deal with this you know this this issue." Um, I, I think he actually took took the money and, and, and left. Yeah, I think the guy wanted to go get uh, you know an update on his yacht or whatever boat he was <laughs> cleaning off, and yeah. he thought that fifty thousand would would uh, take him a lot further. He might have been actually preparing for a, a race around the world. Who knows? That's yeah. a question that's really never answered. So, speaking of the hotel scene, let's talk about that for a second. Let's 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 make everybody squirm here for a second. So, we know that Shannon is his um, stepsister. And we only learned that this episode, which right. So, so we learned that it's his stepsister. So she shows up. She's drunk. And she pretty much seduces Boone because Boone apparently has had a thing for his stepsister for quite a while. 
So she knows this, so she seduces Boone. They end up sleeping together, and then there's just there's this weird like camera angle moment where you see like his little his face, and then you see her turn on the light and say, "Look, here's what's gonna happen. I'm just gonna leave. You're gonna try to you're gonna tell mom you tried to get me, and it just didn't work. And you're gonna go back, none the wiser." Um. Yeah, what? basically they're gonna go back to how things were before, is what right. she says. What the heck? How do you say that after you sleep with your stepbrother or your stepsister? I just, I don't, I don't. Number one, blah. Okay, I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> Number two, I mean, I, I get it. They're they're not blood related. I understand that. But, come on. I mean. I, I think the, the troubling part was that in the, uh, in the police station, they said that but, you know they've been together or they've been step siblings since what he was 10 and she was eight or one of them was eight one was 10 I mean that that's a long time it's not like they were you know a couple years ago their parents got married you know they they grew up with each other for quite a while I I think that just still makes it pretty weird yeah it makes it very weird and yeah of course he loves her because they're brother and sister and she says oh you love me you've always loved me and and you it's just it, it, it's a very weird moment it's very hard to like walk away from that scene and know how you're supposed to feel yes. <laughs> because it's just and then especially with what happens on the island it it's just a, it is a very awkward scene it, <laughs> and it, it's almost as if they didn't need that scene they could have done something else to show his 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 resentment toward anybody else giving her attention basically the moral of that story is they just have this very unhealthy relationship that's even deeper than being just brother and sister um and he i mean boone before they sleep together that he's he's already super possessive of her and he's like possessive of her as a as a sister but he also treats her you know, if you've ever had a an ex girlfriend where you be where you become friends later, and then you like, you don't really want them to wind up with a, a jerk of a guy or whatever, and right. and so the the whole thing, you could just see the frustration in Boone's face the the whole episode, and it's kind of it's you know he the acting is really good, but it's also hard to watch because you're like oh man like what are you doing like. And, and you're mad at Shannon. Uh, and then that last scene just makes it ten times worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that translates his, his possessiveness and his um, desire for her translates onto the island when he's constantly watching her, constantly keeping an eye on her and Saeed. And, um, and then it changes, and then none other than one other person picks up on what on what Boone's doing and that's Locke himself and Locke's like look I've got a dude do something with this kid you know and so he says you know he you know we, we could talk about what what they're doing at the hatch here in a second but generally speaking they're staring at a hatch for the last couple of days and Locke gives a story of of um is it of my Michael, of Michelangelo. Michelangelo just looking at this sculpture and they said, what is he doing while well, I'm working? He's so really, he's sitting there trying to figure out how to open this thing up. Um, but he, you know, he lock confronts, confronts Boone and says, look, you've, you've got to learn to, to let her go, man. You've, you've got to, you've got to focus. And, uh, he tries to do it the rational way first. You know, it's interesting what do you th- I just thought of this now but do you think Locke is so insightful that he knows that there's more to this brother sister relationship and that's why he that, does this whole thing I think there's something in a spoiler zone that I think is the reason why he's doing this okay <laughs> yeah, because I think Locke really uh, picks up on something that none of the viewers picked up on like we know that he's he's very protective but but uh, it's not just that he's protective; it's that he's also obsessed with her, and he doesn't. Because a normal brother, yeah, like they want to be protective of their sister. But if their sister, you know, is wanting to, you know, 
date or whatever is interested in a guy, they, they're not going to, you know, com be completely resistant. So, uh, you know, Locke obviously thinks that he is too obsessed with, with Shannon and uh, does this very bizarre, you know, uh, extravagant thing to put Boone to the test. Of course, how does Locke know that he's actually going to have this 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 type of hallucination? But uh, um, it makes for a really interesting episode. It what, does. What do you guys think about the whole tying him up and leaving him with the knife? Well, I kind of I feel like it. Locke and Boone have really only had this connection. I don't. I don't know how many days it's been now, you know, maybe a week or so. And, man, I just, I think that, you know, Locke kind of oversteps any sort of normal friendship boundaries that you would form with a friend of a week, you know, and I I think he's kind of taken, put himself in a, I don't know if it's a fatherly, a mentorly relationship with Boone, but, man, I, even, even after Boone finds out that it was done to help him, I still don't know that I would have been okay with what Locke did to me in this episode if I was him. Yeah, I don't. I think again, we'll have to get to the spoiler zone here in a sec. You know, at the end. But as far as the the relation between between Boone and Locke. Um, I think it was necessary because I don't think there's anybody else on the island that could have helped Boone get out of what position he was in. I think it had to have been locked because, you know, he obviously he wasn't going to tell Jack about his possessive feelings toward his sister because uh, that wouldn't have gone over well. Uh, Sawyer would have made a Alabama-West Virginia joke um, about it, so he probably is not going to talk to Sawyer about it. So who else who sees it but Locke? And he's Locke is almost like the spiritual guru of the island for for our survivors. So so it makes sense that he would go or that Locke would say, Locke, I'm going to help you up. Now as far as tying him up and hitting him in the back of the head and, and gashing his head open and putting some some really weird like Nickelodeon slime kind of stuff on the back of his head. <laughs> um I don't know how successful that would have been. Would have been really bad as if that stuff didn't work and Boone never got out of there. <laughs> and, he's, and Locke's like hanging out back at camp and Boone's like full four miles away in the jungle in the middle of the night like, holy crap, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get out of here. What, what if... What if the uh, smoke monster actually did come while he was tied up? <laughs> you know? Well, whatever well, it is. We don't know what it is yet. Steven. The, the oh, monster. The, 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 the monster. Well, we've, se we've seen the pillar of smoke. Or the... <laughs> no, we haven't. <laughs> Episode 4 or 5. We saw it. No, you, you don't see it yet. But yeah, we saw, But now our, our listeners know it's okay, though. I'm going to leave that in now. Ah. Just because. <laughs> oh. Um, well... I just wanted to say, yeah, I think this this relates or it's similar to what how Locke helps Charlie out of his addiction, um, you know, earlier in the season. Except this is just on a much more extreme level. And Locke, I think Locke takes some liberty here because he he knows that that Boone really trusts him and they, that they're out dealing with this secret hatch, which we finally get the word hatch in this episode, so we can start saying hatch and. Uh, you know, he takes a liberty in doing this, which is, which is definitely crossing a lot of lines, but I guess in the end, Boone seems to be okay with it. And, you know, he ventures out in the jungle, uh, with Locke. And this is some sort of like, you know, extreme test, uh, hazing thing that, that Locke does. And I think part of it, and this is just my opinion, this isn't a, a spoiler thing. Part of it is that Locke just has this, this trust in the island in the power of the island and he thinks if he puts Boone in the situation that the island is going to reveal something to him and teach him something and really what he learns is is that he was relieved that's what he says at the end he was relieved when Shannon was dead because and that sounds pretty morbid but really you know he's getting so stressed out about trying to protect his sister um, whether it's selfishly or not selfishly 
that it's it's just eating him alive. And so he figures out, you know what? Just gonna let Sh- Shannon's hurt me, whatever. Just gonna let Shannon do whatever she wants, and uh, I'm gonna follow my new life with uh, John Locke and see where that takes me. Well, why, wait a minute. So, well, why why do you think he's relieved? Well, do you think he's relieved because he's constantly had to bail her out, or do you think he's relieved from, from the guilt of sleeping with her? I personally think it's it's mostly the uh, the the constant, you know, worrying about her getting her out of trouble i think it's more that than the guilt that that's my read on it i think he he realizes that his feelings towards shannon and his his resentment um cause a lot more harm to him than they than anything else and you know whatever feelings he's having whatever he his instinct is to try to you know whether he's mad at her and wants to get back at her by preventing her from being with someone else that the accumulation of all that is just, um, you know, unhealthy for him and it's not helping him at all. So he's just like, I got to move on. got to just kind of tear the bandaid off and, uh, you know, not dwell on it. Right. And he ends up leaving and going with Locke in the, in the dark to go stare at a hatch that they've been staring at for like three or four days now try to figure out how, how in the world they're going to get into this thing because there's no door there's no handle there's nothing so they, and, and it looked like the hatch had axe marks on it where they kept trying to hit it with the axe at least, at least that, that's what it looked like to me um, but it, it was it was a decent episode it, it gave some I'm glad we kind of got some backstory between Boone and Shannon as to why they're on the flight um, a lot better than 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 another group of people that you know apparently are in the background right now, but we won't find out about that till a later episode. Uh, better than that that group getting on a flight, but um, I mean that's really all the episode moments I had. It was really just the the whole episode was really Boone and Locke, Boone and Shannon, um, and Jack asking everybody about food and lock that's generally what the episode detailed um so one kind of theme i noticed in this episode was uh there was kind of a lot of talk about lock and um just yeah i guess how how much faith people had in him or you know i i I noticed a big comparison between uh you know, Jack and Charlie had the scene where Charlie, I think we talked about, said, uh, if there's one person I would put my absolute faith in to save us all, it's John Locke. And then, you know, Boone also says, uh, you know, it's in his hallucination, but he says, do you know who the, do you know who this guy is? He's the only one here who has a clue of what's going on. So I think it kind of plays on the whole, you know, is Locke special question that, uh, you know, it's kind of a kind of a big ongoing theme of the first season here. Yeah. Well, I think it shows that I think it shows that Locke does have a lot of wisdom at this point, um, and he does more or less have an idea of what's going on with the island um, as just as as a whole, understanding that it's a special place. But you know his 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 judgment is obviously clouded at times too. And, and this whole move with Boone, probably Boone is the only guy who would have been okay with that. And um, you know because Boone, it's like Boone came from this pampered life of running a wedding business and playing tennis at the country club, and so kind of get getting tied up and having to reach for a knife and and run away from a fake monster. Uh, in some sort of hallucination, I, I guess it, it does sound exciting compared to Boone's uh, regular life. Uh, but I think what's interesting is is what Locke is planning right now. He's he's definitely playing some politics because yeah. he's like, we got to keep Saeed on our side. We don't want to upset him. He's being really nice with Jack, and uh, he obviously already has Charlie on his side, so he's. He's working the numbers right now for some sort of big reveal involving the hatch. And I don't really know what it is, to be honest. Yeah, I don't... I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know. Lockout had always been good at playing politics throughout the whole show. 
Um, he does it, and a few other in a few later seasons with the, with 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 some with some people as well. But as far as this one, I, I don't know if it's as much as playing politics. He's been good at it, but I don't know if it's as much playing politics as. Oh, I I don't. I think he wants to. I just think he wants to discover something first before he reveals that to everybody else, and that's the reason why he wants to get the hatch open, and he wants to see what's down there before anybody else. I, I don't know. Maybe he's just being selfish. So. Yeah, he seems like he has this master plan of of opening it and re- and revealing the hatch, and then he wants to have everybody you know be on his side for whatever his plan is, and it's. It, it's a little odd because you, at the same time, you have people throughout this episode saying, "Where are the boar? Like, why can't they hunt more boar?" And it just shows that he, though he is really in touch with the island in some ways, he's kind of losing touch a little bit with the, the general needs of of the community. And he says, "Oh, they can eat fish and vegetables and and fruit. They don't really need boar," which might be true. But uh, at the same time, I think. You know, everybody needs a little balance. You know, Locke should maybe stare at the the hatch, you know, for a few hours a day, but then also maybe do some hunting. <laughs> it would be a little bit better for, for everyone. When I, I liked, um, is it Kate's response to to Jack when Jack wanted to go deal with, um, when Jack wanted to go deal with, uh, what was it I was just thinking of? I just lost my thought. Right. And right they get about the, the scene where uh, where Kate says, you know, maybe maybe the boy isn't running out. Maybe he's just choosing not to catch it for catch it for us. Right. Why, right. why he should? Yes. Yeah. Why why should he share the food if it's running low with everybody? Right. Well, what 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 makes him want to do that when he's the one who is out there hunting? He's one out there trying to get it. Why would why would he share it? Yeah, it's interesting because in, in some ways uh, Locke starts to think that he's seen some sort of big picture when in reality maybe he, he's losing track of, of part of the big picture, which is you know everyone's survival together. So it's, it's interesting. You know, we have this, this little battle already going on of, of science and faith and logic versus you know, faith. And so it's it's a good little setup and I think Locke definitely walks the line here as far as being a little too crazy and and at the same time he's got a lot of respect from everybody yeah well he's the only one as Walt said he's the only one who brought knives on a plane with him <laughs> <laughs> and without those knives they wouldn't you know they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't survive we do have that interesting moment. I think we we briefly mentioned the the compass thing, where he hands the he gives the compass to Saeed. So you know, this episode we still have Saeed trying to trying to figure out the maps, and you know, essentially we learned that this compass isn't really helpful because there's there's something on that you know something with the island that is is making it uh, you know act uh, improperly. And so I guess Locke, Locke doesn't need a compass. He, he's too <laughs> well, good. He, and he even brings that up to um, he even brings it up to 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 Jack that the that the compass is off. You know, normally it's off. You know, it could be off two or two or three degrees from north. He said, but this one is just completely off. So, you know, we're getting we're starting to get little hints. So we have this this cable in the ocean. We have unusual tides. Now we're getting a compass that won't point directly north true north because something is something is interfering with it we have this crazy message on on the thing that's been playing for 16 years now so now now the fans are starting to think okay what's going on now not even a compass will point north what's going on i feel like that's kind of where saeed's focus is going you know, in in his downtime when he's not flirting with Shannon, kind of feel like that that's Saeed's quest right now is to figure out, you know, what's going on here. Um, seems like he's he's got the 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 know how to maybe you know try to figure some of this stuff out, and that's how he's spending his time. 
yeah overall i i think saeed has a really good side story going on during this this kind of stretch of episodes i'm more interested in that than than boone's visions frankly i think there's some really cool parts of this episode but anytime the episode reveals oh most of that wasn't real like that was just in his head like it's it's a little bit of a letdown for me Uh, this episode has an interesting twist on it but i feel like there's just just so many scenes of them running and shannon screaming and them bickering in the jungle uh it it does get the point across and it, it tells us a lot about boone but it's not one of those episodes where I, I really die to to go back and rewatch it. You know, it's never really unless I'm watching a stretch of Lost. I don't select this one specifically as a, <laughs> as a must watch. So let me ask you this: When you first saw this scene, did you think that this was a real thing when you first saw this episode, or did you think that okay, it's all in his mind? I mean, they made it look like it was really yeah no i i definitely thought i definitely thought it was real for sure um i know i listened to the audio commentary and i know they the director said that they um they had considered rather than the pace they had considered having Locke have charlie or have not charlie have boone drink drink something and they decided that that might be too much of a giveaway so the paste kind of didn't draw attention to it um, which I think I think that was smart as far as keeping keeping the audience fooled. But yeah, no, I definitely believed it was happening. Now I'll say I I did not believe I I knew it was a vision of some sort, but I can't remember why I knew that. It might have been because uh, I was watching this on DVD and I probably saw my brother watching ahead of me. <laughs> Because when I first watched this show, my brother was was home visiting from college, and I was I was in high school, and so he wasn't in school, so he was just binging Lost all day long. We got the Lost DVDs from Blockbuster. That's a really old sounding sentence there. Uh, so I would come home, and they'd be watching it. I'm like, oh, I don't want to. I haven't seen that yet. And so I probably was just spoiled on it, and I, I knew that Shannon was still alive. But I remember knowing that it was it was a vision. And by the way, uh, for all of our um, people who are listening who don't know what Blockbuster is, go ask your parents. <laughs> you Blockbuster is a place of streaming before streaming was there. <laughs> you could, yeah, you could rent the individual DVDs from seasons of TV shows. Like how? Oh, you could rent be kind, four episodes. Blind, everybody, I may have had, kind, I may have had blind. two stretches of employment with Blockbuster Video at two di- Man, two different times me. in my life. <laughs> they. I, I try to get hired on there because I like movies. They wouldn't hire me. I'm sad. I'm oh, sad. that was their downfall. <laughs> I know. So anything else about this episode as far as um, some moments in this episode? I mean, we, we pretty much hit, hit the big ones. You know, Boone and Shannon. Uh, Locke drugging Boone. Um, son in the garden. A couple of the, form, uh, the relationships being formed. Anything else on y'all's mind? Uh, another kind of little, little moment, but be, after all the tension with between Jack and Kate last episode thought this was kind of a nice you know kind of them coming back together um, with their interactions over the seeds in the garden of course it was kind of creepy that this is the second episode in a row where uh, someone's just been watching Kate in the woods um, <laughs> they, uh, somebody ought to stare at Kate since she's staring at everybody else they are they're out they're out there keeping an eye on her luckily she's you know pretty observant of her surroundings but uh thought that was kind of weird but no i kind of thought that 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 the scenes with the seeds is kind of a nice uh kind of re uh redirecting of their relationship into a hopefully more positive place yeah yeah i like that I like the scene with with Locke and Jack on the beach. That's a cool scene. It's just a very simple scene, but I like that. And I thought the ending was pretty cool when they do justify the whole story of the episode at the end when Locke um, is sitting at the fire and and Boone stumbles in. So that's a a good way to end it. And then... um, Yeah, I think think that there were some really good performances uh, by, by Ian... Um, in the flashbacks too, especially when he gets beat up. That's a pretty rough scene. Yeah, he gets the um, he gets the crap beat out of him pretty good. 
I mean, he 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 got, yeah, <laughs> he got beat up pretty good. So. Other than um, that, I think that's all I have as far as his uh, thoughts on on the moments um, of this episode. All right, so let's look at some. Um, so then, uh, Stephen, why don't you give us some of your overall thoughts? Just a few seconds on what you thought about this episode. Um, I I actually really like this episode. Um, mo- you know, the I also didn't like the uh, the kind of the the vision part of it. I felt like that you know kind of takes away a little bit from the from the impact of the episode but pretty much everything else about the episode i liked jen and son was just comic gold um the whole not hurley hurley and hurley and jen um the the garden the scene a good episode with the exception of yeah i guess the fake out with the uh the vision all right, what about you, Corey? I would say this is a unique episode of Lost that gives us a conclusion of Boone Part 1 and introduces uh, the future of Boone, uh, you know, as a part Davy Crockett with, uh, with Locke. And, it, and it's, a good, it's a good episode. It's a good character episode that is not amazing, but... Uh, it tells a good story and it's entertaining. It is. Uh, I like how we've got a little bit. I liked it because we got a little bit more revealed about the hatch. I like because you start to see the differences between Locke and Jack in this episode. Um, you you do start to see more relationships starting as far as with two to three people in a group. Um, with Sun and Kate and Jen and Hurley, and that one's going to make for for a nice one here in the future too between Jen and Hurley. Um, so you start to see more. I, I mean, I, I generally I liked it. Um, it did have its flaws, which is why I gave it in our rating system. Which yeah, is so, what, Corey? <laughs> so we have a rating system where we rate these episodes on a scale of one to twenty-three, and today we will be rating these. Um, uh, between one and twenty-three wacky paste visions. Uh, just be careful if anybody offers you any wacky paste. Uh, you know, it might not be uh, you know antibiotic cream. Could be something else. So watch out. Right. So, so uh, Mike, what do you rate this? I'm gonna give the uh, I'm gonna give it eighteen out of twenty-three wacky paste uh, visions for just my my thoughts I mentioned earlier. It's got some good parts. It's not as it's not a bad episode, um, but uh, but yeah, about eighteen visions out of uh, twenty-three. All right, and Stephen, what about you? I actually gave this one a twenty out of twenty-three wacky paste visions. Um, I, I I was surprised at how much I liked this episode um, with the um, the stuff about the compass. I really thought that was a good story, and you know Hurley and Jen. Um, Kate learning son speak the English. Just a lot of really great stuff this episode. Um, again, the the only thing I didn't really like was the fact that you know a large chunk of it was a kind of a kind of a fake out. But you know it, it worked. It was it was effective. And uh, if we could have probably cut out the the one scene in the flashback, uh, it might have been even a little bit higher for me. <laughs> All right, that's pretty good. Well, I'm a little bit lower than you guys. I'm going to give this 16 out of 23 wacky paste divisions. And uh, again, yeah, pretty good episode. I'm just not uh, as uh, hot on this one as far as rewatching it. All right. All right. Steven, why don't you end us out here with some stuff? All right. We got uh, Sawyer's name dictionary um the only one really this episode wasn't a, a lot of sawyer but we had uh we had him in the the background calling detective calderwood croc hunter crocodile hunter um it's a pop <laughs> no, a part of the pop culture funny to me. pop culture connection um crocodile hunter which hopefully everyone knows um was a uh, steve irwin um uh, a t- tv series and he uh Went around Australia, ironically, uh, you know, dealing with dangerous animal life. Um, 
and uh, unfortunately was uh, taken out too early by a uh, an evil stingray who will forever have my ire. Um, <laughs> Rest in peace, R- Steve. R.I.P. Crocodile Hunter. That's right. Um, some other pop culture connections. Um, the term Hearts and Minds, the uh, name of the episode there, the, the term stems from the strategy used by the U.S. military to curry popular favor and approval of the Vietnamese people during the Vietnam War to win their hearts and minds. It has become a popular term today, denoting the way a society can use its military and public relations skills to conquer a country, not necessarily through brute force, but through winning the hearts and minds of the people. The term also holds connotations with propaganda and propaganda's fictitious nature. Um, Taken into context within this episode, Shannon conquered Boone not through the use of force, but through the use of hearts and minds. She controls the relationship as a conqueror, and Boone fell for her ruses. Um, Boone was also, in a way, conquered by Locke. Um, Locke wins Boone's allegiance by giving him a vision that allows him to let Shannon go. Um... Hearts and Minds was also the name of an episode of The Outer Limits. Um, this show aired on ABC and starred Brett Cullen, um, who uh, we we will see in, on Lost in the future, um, and also Zach Ward, who we have also seen as uh, Mark Silverman. Um, like this episode, The Outer Limits episode plot involves hallucinations. So... Um, Never. That's the best way to uh, deceive people, apparently, is hallucinations. <laughs> make, them, make them hallucinate. <laughs> um, oh. Got some more pop culture connections. Uh, the Boy Scouts of America. Locke tells Saez that he was a Weebelow Scout. Weebelow is the highest level of Cub Scouts. Originally an award following Lion. Um, it has become since become a full part of the rank system. When Lion was dropped, the acronym was changed to mean... Um, we'll be loyal scouts. Because that's where Weebelows come from. Did not know that. Um, then uh, also... Yeah, it's not a real animal. That's <laughs> <laughs> common right. misconception, I, I think. I had absolutely no idea where the term Weebelows came from. Um, then uh, also the story of uh, Buonarotti M- Michelangelo. Um, Locke tells Boone the story of the four months... Michelangelo stared at a block of marble before sculpting it into the statue of David. And Boone asks whether they'll be staring at the hatch for four months. Four months, obviously, um, (laughs) being one of the numbers. But um, can we just take a moment to appreciate what a... Yes, Boone, you will be. (laughs) (laughs) Can we take a moment to appreciate what a great storyteller Locke is? My God, listen to this guy tell stories all day. Uh, Yeah, that's like an uh, inspirational moment just for the viewers, too. Mike, yeah, Locke, you're right. You got this. Yeah, we're going to get everybody on Locke's side. This is great. Everybody's going to hate Jack in a little bit. I'll tell you what, when I first watched this, you know, Locke won me over, heart oh, and yeah. mind. You know, now, I feel like I look man. at it a little more objectively now, but, uh, you know, I was definitely head over heels for the, for the Locke party. Back then, we were Team Locke all the way. So, that's funny. Um, final final pop culture uh, tie-in here is the uh, Nationale Italiana de Calcio. The fr- in the first flashback at the tennis club, Boone is wearing the uh, Italian national football team jersey. Um, no clue why he's wearing a uh, soccer jersey playing tennis, but, you know, it's Boone. What can you say? He's got money. He can wear whatever <laughs> he wants. Pretty much. So, uh Thank you so much for those. Um, so that concludes this episode to a point, but our next episode is a Walt and Michael-centric episode. We're finally getting a backstory on them, and the episode is entitled Special. You know, we, we, we so forgot to mention... Special episode. We forgot to mention one, one moment from this episode when um, Michael does find his luggage, and he's uh, looking at a box, a box of something. We may, we may find out more next episode. Ooh. Good tease for next episode, bum, which bum, is a really bum. good episode. I like special a lot. It is a good one. It is. So, But that's coming up next episode. But for this episode uh, and others like it, 
uh, discuss it with us in the Discord by going retrozap.com for more details on how to join our Discord server. So, if you're signing off and you're not going to go into our spoiler zone because this is your first time, that's okay. I am Mike, that is Corey and Steve, and we thank you for coming. But at this time, we're going to go ahead into our spoiler zone. All right, who's got it? Yeah, there's some interesting stuff to talk about here. Uh, I'm just going to start off with uh, the paste. Uh, this is just a personal theory of mine, but when I first saw this episode, it, it seems it's a little weird that Locke knows how to make this, you know, hallucin, you know, make whatever, some sort of drug here. And it just seems a little out of character. But later on, I think in season three, and probably the what most people consider the worst Locke flashback, He's working on the commune for a while, and they're, you know, uh, growing, you know, some uh, illicit plants uh, uh, that were illegal at the time. And uh, he's living on this commune, and it makes me think, like, oh, maybe Locke got into some of these, whatever, drugs, or, or do you know, he's trying to open his mind, or, you know, whatever people do on a commune. Uh, I'm not, I don't know. I've, uh, but... Uh, my, th- <laughs> my thought personal, is personal stories here guys personal yeah. stories <laughs> my thought is maybe that you know Locke this is this kind of ties into Locke's past because uh, otherwise how the heck does he come up with this uh, this concoction you. to make this paste he is uh, the man in black right now he, that is he has uh, been, he has been he this, this these are some strong um, instances for the theory, like how would he know so much about Boone and Shannon, when, and and that relationship? Besides just watching, it's because he's the man in black. He knows about them. I'm telling you, when he saw the smoke monster in the beginning of the season, that's when it invaded Locke, and Locke has got somewhat of control, but somewhat no control, and he knows things. I'm telling you, this 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 the theory. This is it. I will say this is this is a, probably a good point where that theory ties in um but I, you know i've for me that's hard hard to believe but it's okay it's okay so steven what do you think you know i i i still don't know that i believe that i believe that theory but the the thought that he's partially controlled by the monster i think is is more believable than the previous theories i had heard that that he was the monster from that, from the episode um, at the beginning. So, cause, I mean, there's still a lot of lot going on here. Um, I like. I don't. If he was totally the smoke monster, I don't think he would be obsessed with getting in the hat. You know. So in that way, it does. But it certainly does track with why he would have some of this knowledge. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Kind of still on the fence on that one. I don't know. Okay. Uh, any other spoilers you want y'all want to talk about? I was gonna say it, it could just go with my theory that Locke used to just spend a lot of time on Wikipedia because you know don't, he didn't have anything else to all. do. <laughs> don't we yeah. all? He just he knows a lot. Uh, he knows a lot about a lot. Yes, he does. Oh. Uh, one thing that I thought was interesting, and you know, I'm probably wrong here, but at the end when when he finds. Uh, when Boone finds Shannon's body, you know, the the fake body or whatever, in his vision in the creek, oh, doesn't that look just like the spot on the creek where they find Jack's body? Or not where they find Jack's body, where they find... Uh, Mother. Uh, um, the, the yeah, cave, the cave the people wash out from the center of the island. I think the man in black is there, and then, you know, Jack comes out there, and then he stumbles away. Um, it, it, it really it looks like look they're like close that. to the center of the island. That. The heart of the island—that's what they call it. It, it did kind of look like that. I never, I never noticed that. And uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's a similar a, location. Maybe so I figured that's what maybe Boone had to do. Maybe he had to go to the center of the island in his hallucination. <laughs> could be. Uh, <laughs> so, or, or I guess it could just be also a, just a nice scenic creek that they reused in a couple different ways. Could be like a practical explanation of that. I don't know. Yeah, they do use the creek uh, a lot. Like, there's the creek part the where they 
they escape and they meet up at the in season five, you know, after the, the flaming arrows and stuff. It looks similar to that too. R.I.P. Frogert. Flaming arrows. Frogert. Oh, was it this episode or last episode? You said arts. I can't. Oh I, yeah, I can't it was. It was on. Now. It was on the notes and. Uh, <laughs> oh, I can't. I, I can't. I can't. I can't wait for that episode. Oh, you got some arts on you. <laughs> so, but anything else about from this episode that kind of jumped out? Well, that's. Um, I know we we talked about it in the episode there, but the scene with uh, Jack and Locke sitting next to each other, talking, staring out into the ocean. Um, you know, yeah. Jack. You know, Jack asked any ships. Um, that, that scene to me just was really reminiscent of the whole Jacob Men in Black scene sitting on a log yeah. looking out into the, the water um, and they're kind of yeah. talking about people uh, you know Locke says you know Jack says the most or Locke says the most dangerous predator of them all uh, you know referring to how the boars or you know could leave the area and it just kind of to me seemed like Locke kind of shares the same um, opinion of people as the man in black might share that was a... Gee, I, I wonder why that is. <laughs> <laughs> it is a it is a cool scene that I feel like they they partially allude to later in, in season five the, when they when they do the scene with uh, the man in black and Jacob and they see yep. uh, the black rock rolling up. Yep. And then the, the last thing that someone wrote on here was the uh, the magnetic anomalies, which. Of course, we get referenced with the, with the, the compass scenes, which the compass scenes apparently weren't even going to be in the episode in the first place, and they are a great little Easter egg for seasons to come because we have tons of stuff throughout the years about yeah the the magnetism and and it it actually does a great job of tying the the entire series together because I think probably the, the one of the b- biggest threads of the entire series is the hatch and the magnetic anomalies and that energy uh that you know is released and and how it affects the entire island basically that kind of that can explain almost any mystery or any unanswered question is it's the electromagnetism influenced it right well, some something about that was the reason why we know we that women can't give birth on the island. They they can't. Well, they can give birth if they came to the island before, but the reason they can't get pregnant on the island, that's the reason why the the island is hidden. That's the reason why you know a compass can't stay straight. But also, the reason a compass can't find north is because with the island moving as well it may be he may be facing north in one way and then if the island jumps while he's looking at that magnet again it may turn and go something else and to go a different way because we know the island moves um so yeah electromagnetism has a ton to do in this in this in this episode and then the show itself so uh somebody had also put he's very competent when luke's talking to boone about Saeed, he's very competent we're going to want him on our side um and that's what he's referring to. Was that was that you? Stephen? Yeah, that was. Um, we talked about it a little bit in the episode there, but I mean, any thoughts on you know our uh, side? It's I, a great. I mean, obviously, you know why he would want Saeed on his side for anything. He, he is very competent, and um, but when he's talking about you know our side, any thoughts on? I don't know that we ever really learned what he was talking about there. I think he's talking about well, the hatch when they finally get it open just well, going in or not going in or making making a home there whatever's in there well i think what he's talking about is it's partially referencing uh when when you know when Locke hits saeed in the head you know with the the branch to knock him out and prevent the um the communication the triangulating the the signal it's because Locke essentially Locke's big plan here is he doesn't want the people to leave he wants to convince everybody that they need to stay that there's some sort of important reason that they're there and that they should keep this community there and they need to stay together and they need to open the hatch and they need to follow their destiny I guess so I think he's he's trying he's preparing for the collision that will be you know should we stay or should we go which eventually does happen it doesn't happen how Locke thinks it will um, but there is, you know, 
a little bit there's there's something like that uh, at the end of season one where it's, it really ends up being a lot a lot different it's more about how do we protect our people but i think that's what Locke is is preparing for is is his eventual move to make a permanent community sweet sweet well is that it everybody is that it guys i think that's it awesome well this has been a wonderful episode and thank you all for joining us again let us know your thoughts on discord um until next time this is mike Corey, and steve and we are signing off so don't get lost mm-hmm.